episode 204. Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Survival Guide podcast. My name is Julia Hushett. I'm the host of the show and I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here joining me today. If you are a new listener, then I want to wish you a very big welcome. And if you're a regular, welcome back. So we are right in the middle of school holidays here at the moment. Well, they started a few days ago. Uh, It's kind of strange because I feel like my daughter has been out of school more than she's been at school this year, but I'm sure we can all relate to that. What a crazy time. I hope you are all doing well and hanging in there okay. I know that it's really tough for some people, harder than others, for a lot of people in Australia. Well, not everywhere in Australia, but where I live at least, things are certainly feeling very much quite back to normal actually. So it's really good. It's great to be back at the gym and it's great to eat out and it's just these little things that you don't even realize how much you just take it for granted, hugging your friends, you know, like it's just, it means so much. I actually think it's been a really wonderful reminder for a lot of us to enjoy the things in life that we maybe just didn't enjoy as much as we could have before. So that's been really nice for me. This week has also been a really big week for me and for the founding Thrive Tribe members because this week we opened up and welcomed almost 50 new Thrive Tribe members, which has just been such a beautiful experience welcoming these new women and getting to know each other. And my goodness, it's been an amazing couple of days already having these new members in there. I can already tell the atmosphere that we've got and the vibe that we've got in there already is just phenomenal. It was already an incredible group with just such a nice vibe of just no judgment, complete sisterhood, so supportive. And getting to know these ladies that have joined as well, I can already tell that this vibe is just going to continue. And that makes me so proud and happy because that is the kind of group that I wanted to create. It's it's not just a Facebook group. It's a family of women who have each other's backs, who all want to thrive in life and who are there to support one another. So that's been absolutely amazing. And I'm so excited for what's in store for these women. I can't wait to see their transformation and Yeah, it's just been amazing. And the doors are now unfortunately closed. I've had a few people who have reached out wanting to join, but don't worry, they will reopen again later in the year and we'll be very excited to welcome a new bunch of ladies then. Before we get into this week's episode, I also just want to thank everybody who has left a review. It really means the world to me. It's um, It just makes me feel so much more connected to the audience. It's sometimes very sort of strange recording a podcast and I'd kind of forgotten because I'm so used to it now. You know, this podcast has been going for almost four years every week, but I was talking to a friend who's recently started a podcast and she was like, it's so weird talking to yourself, sitting there talking to yourself. And I was like, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. But what, what I find sort of I feel like, you know, 
I'm so honest on here and I feel like everybody knows me pretty well. So when someone writes me a review, it just it felt makes me feel more connected to you and um, you know, what's going on in your life and and what you've got out of the podcast. It's really nice to read. So thank you for that. If you are a regular listener and you haven't left a review yet, it would mean the world to me if you could. And today's listener shout out is from Miss Hales, 78 in New Zealand. And she said, best podcast, love heart. Julia, I've been listening to your podcasts for about 18 months and I still look forward to listening every week. Thanks for being awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening, Miss Hales. That really means the world to me. And um, as I said, it, it just makes it so much more special when I hear from you guys. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for your loyalty. 18 months is amazing. I'm really glad that you look forward to the episodes each week. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Okay, so having said that, let's get into it. Okay, for this week's episode, I'm, I've got an Ask Julia style episode. I haven't done one of these types of episodes for ages, actually, and I was just looking at my list and I was like, must start getting through some of these questions. So apologies if you have sent one in. I'm going to get started on some of these questions this week. For anyone who's new to this style of episode, what, what happens is because I get so many people emailing me and messaging me on social media and all that kind of stuff with you know wanting my thoughts on something single mum related and I can't I can't um, get back to everyone at this point and I can't give everyone their own you know advice because also it's so there's not sort of one answer one something I can just answer in one line so what I do tend to do is reach out to some of these people and say do you mind if I answer your question on an ask Julia episode and that way it helps more people because there are many people going through similar things and it also enables me to answer it in a little bit more detail I guess so I would never post your question without permission, so please don't worry about that. If you email me, it is um, between you and me, Un- unless I've specifically re- responded and said, do you mind if I address this in a podcast episode? And I will always keep you anonymous, so there is no fear about that. But let's get into this week's first question. Hi, Julia. I hope you're well. I'm just wondering if you could somehow answer this in one of your podcasts. Dealing with a 50-50 arrangement, dealing with an ex who is constantly pushing for more and dealing with court processes. I've got a two and a half year old little boy. It's just me and him and he sees his dad during the week, approximately two days and one overnight per fortnight. My son's dad, however, wants more, but even if he gets more, he then moves on to what's more after that, and it's never ending. I'm at the point of saying no more altogether because of my concerns of trust, communication, honesty, putting my son first when he's in his care and ensuring his health and safety, but also because until he gets what he wants, he'll either manipulate me very nicely in messages to make himself sound like I'm a bad person for not allowing more time. And there's always a consequence for me saying no. And one day it'll be caught because he wants 50-50 or more by primary school age. Anyway, so I figured there would be lots of women out there in the same boat, but I haven't come across any. My other single mum friends don't seem to have this issue. Their sons, dads don't push them for more all the time like mine does and isn't implicitly threatening court. 
And yes, it's good he wants a relationship with his son, but it very much feels like an ownership control demand than a genuine want to spend more quality time with his son. And I'm terrified of time being taken away from me. I'm terrified of our bond being broken, that I want to know him like I do now if I end up in a 50-50 arrangement, which seems to be the default at some point in the child's life unless there are issues preventing otherwise. It breaks my heart to think that he could potentially grow up seeing my ex's girlfriend as much as he sees his own mother and how my son would feel changing houses all the time. But it's not like I don't want my son to see his dad or spend time with him, but I'm worried about where my son would be. Would it be safe? Would someone be caring for him, showing him love and not just yelling at him for having a tantrum and the feelings of not having a home, that there's two homes, that there isn't just one base he can feel at ease with everything that he needs and wants, if that makes any sense. So somehow if you could help provide advice dealing with a court process, how to deal with fears, how to deal with increased time arrangements, especially in high conflict relationships, and how to deal with an ex that's always pushing for more, that would be so, so amazing. And I would be so grateful. I'm also so grateful for your podcasts too. They really help so much. Okay. Thank you so much for this question. Um, There's a lot in here, so I'm going to try and sort of cover um, this uh, as much as I can in a short sort of time. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for reaching out. And what I really hear, the sort of overall tone in your message is how much you care for and love your son and the fear, you know, the fear that you have. And I totally get it. I, I do. And, you know, for you, your son, he's only two and a half. So, I know that when my daughter was that age, the same thing, the thought of even, you know, having my daughter for not the majority of the time would just break me. I could not deal with it. There's so little at that age. I agree. Like, as you said, it's great that he wants more. There are a lot of, it's really hard, you know, because there are so many women that I think single mums will often say, oh, you're so lucky because you get this time off. At the time when my daughter was that age, I I didn't feel lucky at all. I felt like I felt sorry for myself. I was like, this isn't lucky. I don't, I don't want time to myself. I, I want to be with my daughter all the time. There's always this sort of, um, it's better on the other side kind of thought process. Do you know what I mean? Like the people who don't get to have their kids all the time are jealous of the ones or envious of the ones that do have their kids all the time. And the ones that do have their kids all the time are like, you're so lucky you get time to yourself. It's like, really, it's, it's hard. It's hard for us. It's, is, you know, what's the best solution? Who knows? I mean, the advice that I can give you is that I was raised in a parents that had 50-50 care of my brother and I, and that started when I was eight or just before I was eight and my brother was three. And we did that our whole lives. We did 50, I mean, our whole, you know, childhood lives up until we were 18 sort of thing. And I loved my childhood and I I never felt like I was not close to one parent, if that makes sense. I didn't feel like that at all. And even when we did have, when my parents did have other partners, I never felt like they took away something from my other parent, if that makes sense. So even though my mum was in a relationship with a man for about 10 years, I never thought that he was like on the same level as my dad, you know, like 
I never loved or could have loved him the same way that I loved my dad, you know, and, and, the, and vice versa with my mum. So I don't know if that helps a little bit, just a perspective from a child's viewpoint that has been through a similar thing. You'll always be his mum, you know, you're his mummy and no one else is going to take away from that regardless of how often they spend time with your son. I know it's really hard. It is really hard, but just know that there was no one that's going to be the same as you. No one. In terms of court and the constant threat of going to court, oh, this is really sad because I, I hear a lot of women saying this about their their exes and that there's this constant threat about it. My thoughts about this, and you know, it happened to me too, the constant threat of court. Um, I, I think when you get to the point of just not being scared of it, it's actually very empowering because I agree that it's something that you want to avoid at all costs. You know, it is not a pleasant experience. And the thought that someone else, as you say, a stranger is making decisions for you and your child and your life seems completely outrageous and not fair. I I hear you. At the same time, you don't want to live in this constant state of fear. And at the end of the day, the court does generally try to do what's in the best interest of the child and I think that's what you kind of always have to remind yourself about it whatever you know if that did happen it would not be the end of the world and you don't want to live in this state of fear where your ex is kind of threatening you I think he he can probably tell that that is something that scares you and he's using that you know, like the minute you turn around and say, that's fine. You know, if we end up in court, that would be really sad because obviously that is not where I want us to be. But if that's what has to be, that's what has to be. You know, it takes that power away from him. The other thing I was going to say to you was like, this is something that's really hard to do. And I really feel you, but it's this whole just idea of just acceptance. And I think it's one of the hardest things that as single mums, we we kind of get to have, you know, one of the hardest things that we we, we can do as single mums and that's accepting what is happening at the other parent's house and that we don't have complete control over that. I, I find that very difficult. Well, not so much now, but I did. I found it horrifying that my ex would do things not the way that I would, you know, just simple things like the routine and the bedtime and just being organized with dinner. He's very relaxed. You know, even when we were together, he was just sort of like, well, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And I was like, what do you mean? Like I planned this a week ago. Like <laughs> I don't like that sort of, I'm not a very, I like structure and I like routine and I like planning. And um, my ex isn't like that. So when my daughter goes there and there's just sort of, it's just like, whatever, you know, I find that really challenging she'll come back to me usually exhausted um usually has eaten food that I personally wouldn't give her or if I would give it to her it would be like once a year and she's had it like four nights in a row so you know I find that very difficult but it's also letting go of the fact that that's just how things are done there and at the end of the day they are an equal parent you know, and I know that's really hard to hear because we're the mums and we, you know, we think we know best and a lot of the time we do, but like at the end of the day, the dad is an equal parent and I, I try to flip it. Like I really feel for my ex as much as he shits me. Um, I feel for him because I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine being away from my daughter for 
most of the year and seeing her just for a week occasionally in the school holidays, it that would break my heart, you know. I, I think I would change my life a bit if it was me. I'd probably move closer, but, you know, it's sad. And I think the fact that your ex wants to be involved is a good thing personally. And I know it probably feels like it's a manipulation thing, but maybe ask yourself, like, is it is it possible does he want to get to know your son? Does he want to have a good relationship with him? And I think for dads, it is hard. They do have a lot less control than us. Um, but yeah, I think always bringing it back to what is best for your son and he's going to be okay. You know, I'm not saying 50-50 is a good idea right now. He's so little. And that's why I think you should just do one step at a time. Don't worry about a 50-50 situation that might or might not happen in a few years' time. You know, just focus on what you think is best for now for his age. And if your ex brings up, you know, what's what once more, just just very calmly say, look, this is where it's at now. I don't want to discuss that yet. Let's talk about it when the time comes. This is suitable for this age and let's just get him into a good routine for right now. Okay, I hope that helps and um, I feel for you and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're hurting and I'm sorry that you're scared. I think if there's one thing that I can say to you as well is, you know, I just, I couldn't even fathom the idea of being away from my daughter for a week at a time at the start. It just, it was really hard. And the first time, like I was a mess. I remember going out for lunch with my girlfriends and I just burst into tears. I could not handle it. It was so difficult. And then it started to get a little bit easier. And the first time she was away for two weeks, God, that was awful too, you know, like, and it's hard for me because I don't really get to speak to my daughter that often when she's with her dad, sometimes not at all. So it was really hard. But you know what? Now when I've sort of I've accepted the fact that he doesn't parent the way I do and I know that she's having fun and I know that I'll see her when she gets back. And I really enjoy those weeks to myself now. Like I actually really just really look forward to just having the time to myself and when my daughter was two and a half, I could not have imagined myself saying that. So that's why I think don't stress too much about the future now. Just think about where you're at now and what the next step is for now and how you'll get through that. Okay. The next question is, hi, Julia, I'm wanting to ask something. My ex and I live 600 kilometers apart. He makes no effort to see our son. It's only me that will travel back and forth from Perth, etc." When he does see him, it's okay. My son is three and struggled emotionally afterwards seeing his dad. But once we leave, he has no contact with me until I say I am coming to Perth again. Is it worth it for my son to see his dad if no effort is being returned? Okay, this is like a tough one. And I can actually completely relate to this because when my daughter's dad and I split up for a long time, I felt like I was the one making all the effort and it does. It feels like, what's the point? You know, afterwards my daughter struggles and I'm the one, you know, initiating everything, that kind of thing. It was really frustrating. And I would put my life on hold. You know, I wouldn't leave the house if my ex said he was going to like Skype us that day because I didn't want her to miss out. And so, and then he wouldn't. And it was just like really frustrating. But I think we as single mums, you know, we feel really obliged to kind of keep that relationship up. And, you know, we care so much. We care so much about our kids and we want them to, we want to do the right thing for them. Having said that, I also think, you know, your ex, he's an adult. He's an adult and um, he, he, in an ideal world, would actually put 
a bit more effort in. My daughter really struggled, as I said, after the weeks with her dad. It was like, I don't know, just really, it was very, very difficult. She would really struggle emotionally after she got back with having, after having some time with her dad. But my personal opinion is at that age, I think, yes, it is worth it because you're doing what you can now. In a few years' time, if it's still the case, then you might want to think otherwise. But for now, you don't want to sort of look back and your son say to you, why didn't you why didn't you do this for me? Or, you know, like that's, that's how I see it anyway. Um, I feel like it's our job at this age to kind of help facilitate it. What I would say to you though, is if you were ever in a situation where you go to court, and this is what happened to me, I was, when we were creating our court orders, it said something like, I was going to go to Perth every four months and he was going to come to Sydney every four months in a sort of alternating pattern so that my daughter would see her dad every two months. Now, having been through already me putting in all the effort and I was the one going to Perth all the time, I I said to my lawyer, can we please change the wording in that court order to say I am going to Perth two months after my ex's visit to Sydney, if that makes sense, because that way I didn't want to be in a situation where I was tied to this court order and I was doing the right thing, but he wasn't. And I just had to keep going to Perth because, you know, I like to do the right thing and um, he wasn't doing anything. So now at least I feel like if he did drop off um, and it's happened before where he has, I, I don't feel obligated to go. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you ever do go to court having something in place so that it makes it more equal would be good. But look, I would just keep doing what you're doing for now, just for now and re revisit in a couple of years. Having said that, I don't know your son and I don't know what kind of effect and you're the mum, so you've got to follow your gut. Okay. I hope that helped a little bit. Okay. Last question for today was sent over on Instagram and this person wrote, I'm sure you get a lot of messages, so I understand if I don't get a reply, but I was hoping you might be able to help or point me in the right direction or where I can get help. My daughter is four and a half years old, and it's probably been close to 18 months since she's seen her dad. His choice to literally not see her or speak to her or have anything to do with her. She never really saw much of him or had a lot to do with him, but was aware of who he was and has spent time with his parents on a more regular basis. My partner and I are due to get married this year and in the last six months she had started to refer to him as dad and saying she has two dads etc. The last month she has been very testing. She has tantrums over me saying that she has to eat a piece of fruit before she can have a second packet of crisps. She hits, bites and just literally screams and grunt talks In the last week, she's been saying she misses her old dad and has also not wanted much to do with my partner. I have started to think maybe her behavior is coming from missing her dad, just not too sure on what to do. Is there, are there people out there she can talk to and can explain to her about her dad's situation? Any help would be much appreciated as I just feel helpless and sorry for her that she has so much anger inside of her. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much for getting in touch. Um, look, 
This is a tough one. I mean, it could be related to some sort of circumstance in life or it could be the age. It could be just the changes that's going on and having less time with you maybe. I mean, if it was me, I'd probably go and take it as my daughter to see a child psychologist. I've done that before when my daughter was having behavioural issues. I don't think it can hurt. Um, I think that is a, a good thing to do. And also there are a lot of books available for children that talk about different family units. And what I'll do is in the show notes, I will add a link. I wrote a blog post about the some of the best ones that I think are out there or were out there at the time. So I'll put that in the show notes as well in case that helps. But yeah, I would go take your daughter to see a child psychologist and, and you know, see how you can best help and support her through, you know, whatever's going on. Okay, that is it for this week. Short and sweet. Um, I think that's to make up for <laughs> some of the episodes in the last month have been like mammoth episodes. Thank you so much for, you know, being here and for writing your questions. If you have any questions that you want me to address on the podcast, just send me an email. You can get in touch with me at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com or you can send me a message over on Instagram at Single Mother Survival Guide. I'm also over on Facebook at Single Mother Survival Guide if you want to connect with me on there. If you want to check out any of the other podcast episodes, just head on over to the Single Mother Survival Guide website, which is www.singlemothersurvivalguide.com. And on the website, you can also read all my other blog posts, but I will link to that book one in the show notes. There is also a link on the homepage if you want to join the Single Mother Survival Guide support forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect with each other. That is not to be confused with Thrive Tribe. It's a different group, but it is still very supportive and you can get some great advice in there and connect with other women. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I would absolutely love for you to rate it in iTunes or if you have a few minutes, even a writing review would be absolutely amazing and it helps new single mums find this podcast. So I'm super grateful for that and you can also subscribe while you're there and you'll never miss an episode. Right, that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day or evening depending on where you are and when you're listening and I really look forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay, bye for now.